Hey, happy Friday. Welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again, as always, uh, by Drew Bishop. And uh, Drew, we're up to 92 of these. We're going to have to plan something special for episode 100. I don't know if it's like Ooh. a guest or oh. it's an activity or like, you know, maybe you get like a your favorite pumpkin thing and I get like pecan pie and we eat it on air or like it's to celebrate or... I don't know. We'll ha- we'll have to do something. Uh, you know, we're we're creeping up on 100. But uh, first off, how are you doing? How are you hanging in there? Uh, more importantly, we've got an important Peloton update. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just flying by all the milestones. Yeah, right? you're crushing them. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm still still working my way back into shape to where I feel good enough about doing. I don't like doing the live rides. No, I don't. I don't never do a live ride. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, don't, not about that, but I'm uh, just kind of feeling my way around, seeing what teachers I like, what classes I like, what all kinds of stuff. So kind of a hodgepodge of, um, of classes that I take, but enjoying it. So hopefully, <laughs> I don't know if I'm actually getting close to in better shape or not, or if it was just so bad that it could only improve, but <clears throat> it's been fun. Um, and uh we'll see where it takes us <laughs> yeah and and the little guy seems like he's growing pretty quick he is today's one month for him wow so, one month yeah yeah Already. today is one month i just came upstairs from uh, a photo shoot um <laughs> like oh yeah you gotta have those that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm glad that those weren't around when i was little but um yeah so christmas one month photo shoot for the little one. Oh, so, nice yeah those yeah. are always good to good to share on social media now who are you leaning to instructor wise do you have an early leader in the clubhouse that you're kind of kind of leaning towards um kind of depends upon what the mood is to be honest yeah the music um, matters a lot too the, you know? the, i will say i do look and see what that i look at two things i look at the music the soundtrack playlist and yeah. i and I do look at like the percentages of like what for like what body parts is working mm-hmm. on certain days. Um, but I like I like Robin some. Um she's, she's tough. Kinda, yeah, she's she is hard. Um, um so certain days I I like that. Um some days I want no part of her. Yeah. Um and the other ones, see so yeah, I don't know. There's some that I like Kindle. Um Okay. But I am enjoying all the different accents. And have you done any of the scenic rides? I have not. And I've always wanted to. And I always get on there and I forget about them because I just go, you know, for some of my yeah. favorites in the playlist or whatever. But, yeah, I, I need to do. I need, so, especially now, like, I've been confined to the house for so long that I, I need, yeah. like, fake scenery besides yeah. just going to my backyard and, and, yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm going to have to mix well, in a scene. You know, my highest output, my my record um, output for a single ride, you'll appreciate this and so will some people that listen. Um, but I, I I set off, I, I very uh, quickly equipped my output record on a 30-minute Hamilton ride. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was good. It was good. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would have, I would have, I would have changed a couple of the songs in there. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, it's a good like, it's a, it's a good one, and it's Robin, yeah. so you know, 
Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, I'm not surprised there. Yeah, okay. Peloton, yeah. you can go ahead and, and, and mail Drew and I a check for uh, for selling a couple bikes for you. But um, yeah. yeah, I, I, uh, Leanne Hainsby usually kind of kind of gets me the British yeah. accent, and she's got some I don't good like playlists. Her, and yeah, I don't like, like the playlists. We definitely, yeah. you and I definitely have different yeah. music tastes. But, like, um, see, I'm more likely to listen to ABBA, and you're more likely to listen to like the country playlists and things like that. So. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's convenient for us dads and getting to working and trying to stay in shape. But um, yeah, we're gonna have um, I was gonna guess we're gonna have some fun. So uh, I might I forgot last episode I just basically vented for like three minutes and uh, update. Uh, my my daughter didn't just have RSV; she had COVID. Surprise! <laughs> and we found out when mom and dad got COVID. So uh, we've been dealing with that since Tuesday evening when my wife started showing symptoms, and we had never had it. We we had avoided it for gosh, almost three years, I guess. Um, and but I do wonder that one time when you were at Texas and I was covering Texas when everybody got sick at the, uh, the Houston event Houston college classic yeah. before COVID was like a thing. I was like, I always yeah. wondered if I had it then Cause I was like sick. Well, we, um, we were, yeah. Like half of our team was, but like nobody, number one, nobody knew anything about it because right. it didn't exist to anyone. But it also, the other part of it was that, I don't know if you remember this, but almost all of downtown Houston was shut down that weekend. Uh, because there was a huge water main that busted oh yeah that's right they they had a boil boil water water, boil notice and so like we just all kind of chalked it up to that we probably drank some bad water or something yeah so yeah yeah yeah, i don't i haven't had it either other than wow yeah yeah who knows if we had it at some point just never showed symptoms like i'm like fatigued but i would have not known i had it had i not tested because i just was like i'm stuck here i have allergies like you know like no big deal and she had it and i was like oh boy and then fortunately jack our our two-year-old doesn't have it which makes sense because we were taking care of lucy while she was slobbering and sneezing and everything else so we got it and he didn't so he's been at grandparents and we're just like oh we were hoping we were hoping we tested negative today because we had a trip planned in New York Sunday through Tuesday. Uh, nope. Got to gotta cancel that. We canceled a Galveston trip last weekend, and now we're canceling a New York trip. So, hey, you know, parenting, catch catch the virus, you know, yeah. just, just this time of the year. But, oh, man, we've got, we've got plenty of baseball to talk about today. Um, I, I mentioned last episode that the 2024 5-55 for Texas uh, would be done. It is done. Um, it's not published yet. All the writing is done. I'm finishing up the just missed writing today. Um, understandably, work has been a, a little bit more difficult with with uh, with the COVID baby in the house this week. But the list is done. So um, we're going to mention, Drew and I are going to mention a little later in the pod, we're going to pick one guy from each tier of 11. So five guys each uh, to kind of talk about, unveil their ranking, you know, kind of give a little teaser uh, about the list, which will come out. Um, on Monday in terms of the the actual list and then the just missed list. And I, I ended up writing like a, basically a mini scouting report for all the guys that made either list. So that ended up being about a hundred, hundred, you know, kind of mini reports. So um, that'll all be published um, on Monday, early next week, but we're going to talk about some of those guys a little later in the podcast, but I want to spend some more time talking about recruiting today because it's, you know, it's, it's a topic that's been coming up a lot with, I've had some conversations with parents and things like that about the process. And I think that with 
you know, kids about to be out of school, baseball shutting down right now, that transition period, I think it's something that a lot of parents and players are thinking about, especially as they're seeing, you know, a lot of commitments happening right now across all ages, um, you know, whether it's, you know, your seniors that are that are um, finding a place to play at the next level um, or, you know, sophomores, juniors, heck, even some freshmen um, are making some early commitments and things like that, which kind of freaks out the parents of other freshmen. Like, what are we doing wrong? You know, that type of thing. It's like, well, you guys are just now in high school, you know. Uh, so I want to spend some time talking about that just generally like some things I think that players of all ages can be doing right now. Um, to help themselves. And you know, I think regardless of age, one thing I always tell parents and players is you have to be proactive with this. You're going to get out of it oftentimes what you put into it, unless you're just one of those top one or 2% guys that are just, you know, so talented and so skilled and physically at a point where you're just above the rest of the crop right now, uh, being proactive is is huge and you and I talk about this all the time like when the high school season is going the college season is going so the amount of times guys can get coaches can get out and see players during the spring is limited so what are they doing they're they're cramming a lot of that into the summer and then what do they do from there hoping they can get enough guys on campus at camps and visits and things like that to really start building a recruiting list but you know, like us at Five Tool, I mean, this thing, I'm, I'm holding up an iPhone right now. It's it's really revolutionized the way we cover um, summer baseball, high school baseball, and things like that. And that's a tool for players, too. Like, you know, be proactive, you know, go out. Like, I saw a video of a guy um, the other day, and uh, the name is the app, uh, Zachary Applegate, I think. Um, and he had a, you know, just throwing th- 91 miles an hour in the bullpen. Like, and somebody got behind him with a video and a radar gun. Like, those are the types of things you, you as a player can do right now. Like even if you don't have a lot of game film, you can get in the cage and film yourself. You can get on the mound and have somebody film yourself. You can go out with some buddies to your high school field and take in and out. Like coaches can get, you know, when, like when a scout goes and watches batting practice in and out, they're in their head. They're getting tool grades. You know, they're they're watching how the hands work. They're watching the arm strength, the arm action, the uh, the feet, the footwork, the transfer, the outfield arm, the wrap, like they're get in their head, like getting a lot of rough outline tool grades at that time. And I think that right now is a great opportunity for players to be proactive um, and to, to take control and just kind of build their own personal portfolio through the internet um, with showing who they are as a player. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of good points made there. You know, what, a couple of things that I would mention is number one, like this time of year is a time for development and mm-hmm. um, you need to be, you need to be proactive when it comes to the recruiting process. Cause this is a good time to be reaching out to a lot of college coaches and stuff, just because they're more likely to have downtime right now. Yes. Um, so they're a lot more likely to read stuff Um you know, it's, it's a good refresher for some of them to see, just to repeatedly see your name. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have updated video and, and uh, you know, a thing that's also helpful is sending them your schedule. If you have it, um, you know, just kind of keep, try to keep the dialogue running. Um, you know, if you've sent them five emails this fall and they haven't got a response, it may have just been because they were busy or on the road or didn't see it or, or just didn't respond. They may have still seen it. But just kind of keeping your name out there and on their mind is is beneficial. 
Um, but again, I'll go back to the development side. I mean, you right now, your preparation needs to be for your season, right? And, and if you're not amped up and ready to go or ramped up, ready to go, uh, from a physical standpoint, you know, make sure you're not going out there and blowing it out in a camp just because you get in front of someone. So just be mindful of that. We used to, we, you know, we would tell, always tell guys that some of our January camps is like, Hey, if you're not ready, go 80%, you know, but most competitors that that's not their nature, you know, and you can, you'd ask the kid, are you really throwing 80%? percent you'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he's throwing 110%. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, just, just keep those things in mind. Like if you know that you have some camps um, that you're going to be going to in December or January, make sure you're ready. Um, And, you know, it's, it's a, those are good opportunities to get in front of the right people. Um, You know, a lot of the January camps are, kind of quote unquote prospect camps, because that's a mm-hmm. good time of year for coaches to, to be present and see you. But, you know, keep in mind, if you're not, you know, that's their first impression of you and you're not ready, you may put yourself in a list that you don't want to be on. Yeah. Um, and then you may get hurt. I mean, we, there were times that we had guys get hurt, whether, you know, we always, you know, we, we made always made the decision to never run a 60 in January, just because, not many kids were ready for it. And the last thing that we wanted to be responsible responsible for was in January, having a kid get hurt at camp um, and go into their high school season banged up already. Because, you know, if you get a nagging hamstring, that could stay with you for the entire spring if you're not careful. But, um, you know, this this is a time for development, um, What you know, but do it smart, be smart with it. You know, a lot of times guys are lifting more than usual or doing all that. So make sure you have a plan for all of it. Um, you know, it's a good time, like I said, to get stronger, to put on weight, all that kind of stuff. You know, we have the, the interview last, last fall about this time with, um, nutritionists, you know, because this is a time where that stuff, you know, all your gains from the fall can go away. You don't take care of business. That's a good point. Um, you know, at the holidays, it's tough. Like it's, it Mm -hmm. is tough, but, you know, be intentional with it, you know, pick times that make sense to, to eat poorly or eat more or eat less, whatever it might be. Um, you know, this is a time for that. This is a time where you can really gain a competitive advantage on, you know, guys in your class or guys that you're competing with for a spot or, um, you you know, the teams that you're going to be going up against, you know, the last thing that you want to be doing at this time is nothing. I, right. I mean, I can promise you that. Like, there's there you still have the opportunity to take a little bit of a break and rest and reset um but just make sure you're doing things intention with intent um and just make sure you have a plan and there's there's lots of people out there that can help with that plan but you know just kind of mindlessly waking up and saying ah, i'm gonna go throw today or mm-hmm. i'm gonna lift today without you know a specific regimen or um you know plan for the next couple of days behind it like you can really you can really do some damage to yourself um but as far as, you know, like Dustin said, you know, this is a good time to be reaching out to those coaches. There's a good chance that they're in having some downtime and might be a better opportunity for them to actually read and respond. But, you know, send them updated videos, send them yeah. your schedule, stuff like that. that. That can be extremely helpful for those guys because they actually have time at this time of the year to sit down and kind of plan things out and make yeah. lists and all that. So, you know, I, I know that that's something that can definitely be a, a game changer for whether it's your recruitment or, you know, just kind of getting yourself on some lists like that. But, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of ways to do it. There's no real right or wrong way to do it, but if you, if you are doing it and if 
you know, if you're u- utilizing the social media, like Dustin talked about, like make sure your profile looks right. Yes. You know, Gosh. It, yes. It's, yeah. Just make yourself easy to find. Um, go. I mean, I, I always suggest like go through your Twitter and make sure that there's something, you know, just as, you know, even if you didn't tweet it and you retweet it, that is viewed as coming from you or you, even if you point. like it, like go look at the likes too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of ways to, to really help your career when it comes to social media, but there's also a lot of ways to end your career yep. when it comes to social media. So just make sure that's something to keep in mind. Um, let it be a tool for you. Um, yep. Don't be, let it be something that can be used against you. So yeah. Yeah. Those like be, profile, like mind points. profile, like high school, what position you play GPA. If, if you're old enough to have one, um, some sort of contact information. If you don't want to put your cell phone number on there, put your email address on there, keep your DMS open. Um, if you've got any sort of metrics like your 60 time or, or fastball velocity or stuff like that, height, weight, like, any just little pieces of, of nuggets that kind of describe who you are as a player, but most importantly, they got to know where you play in the high school year, who you're playing with in the summer and how to contact you. Like, because you could have, you know, Oh my gosh, I throw 94 miles an hour and I run at six, four, but if you've not no contact information, no school, no team, you know, they're going to have, Oh God. Okay. I got to figure out, okay, where does, who's this guy? Who does he play for? How do I get in touch with them? what year is he, all that sort of thing. So make it as easy as possible for coaches to spend 10 seconds on your profile and say, oh, okay, I know I know who this is. I know where he plays. I know who he plays for in the summer. I know what positions he plays and things like that. And, you know, the weight room element is, is a great point because, you know, I mean, I was not much of a prospect high school player or whatever, but like in hindsight, I didn't really know much about that for, besides the standpoint of yeah i'm just gonna go lift some weights and like this time of the year from that perspective if you do it the right way it can be such an important game changer because like you have the time to really dedicate to that element but you also have the recovery time too you're not going out playing games you know you're right. you're not you know when school's out you're not going to class like you have more time to kind of manage okay i can really put my body through that type of strength conditioning work, agility work, whatever it is. And I can give my body the right time to recover. I have the time if I'm, you know, I can choose, you know, what I'm eating, you know, and I know not everybody's got the luxury of, okay, I'm going to go blend a smoothie or I'm going to do this or that or whatever, but, but you can at least be a little bit more intentional when you think about what you're putting into your body and things like that, because it's huge. Like we see guys all the time. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, when, when putting together the 2024 list, I wrote about like so many guys are still going to change a lot over this time period physically. You know, it isn't until you start to get to the end of the senior year where you start to see everybody kind of is on the same growth type curve. Like they've kind of matured at a similar, yeah, you're going to have guys that are more mature and don't have some physical projection while some other seniors might, but we joke all the time. Like when we go to our events and watch 14U, 15U, 16U, 17U, 18U, it's like the bodies and everything are so dramatically different player to player until you get to the la- the oldest group and everybody starts to kind of look the same. So these like even juniors that are going into their junior season, like there's going to be guys coming out of this, this off season part that are going to be so much different physically. And part of that's just natural growing and maturing. And part of that's they got into the weight room and did what, what they needed to do to do that. And you're going to see it with the senior group too. Like 
Cole Phillips was a great example of this last year. You know, like remember seeing watching his um, performance at Area Code on the on the live stream and hearing a lot about him, and I was like, yeah, this guy's really interesting. I think he was like number eleven on our debut list. And then you started to see some workout videos of him like late December, January. And it was like, oh my gosh, like he's added like 15 mm-hmm. pounds of muscle. His delivery is more efficient. He's throwing 99 miles an hour. All of a sudden he was a completely different guy. Now, not everybody's capable of doing that, but everybody's capable of making those gains. So it just, it's a really underrated element, how much of an impact you can gain on the field about what you're doing off the field right now from a weight room standpoint in a nutrition standpoint. And like you said too, you have to be intentional with how you're doing it and you have to have some knowledge of what you're doing or be able to talk to somebody that does. Um, you know, fortunately in Texas, I feel like a lot of these guys are surrounded with people um, in their athletic department at high school that, that know a lot. Like, like, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in high school, we had a really good strength and conditioning coach. who's now the, the tight end special assistant to Nick Saban in Alabama. Like, there are a lot of really smart people that kind of get their foot in the door that way from an athletic standpoint that can help you in that direction. So don't be afraid to ask questions as well. Yeah. And, and there's without going into too much detail on it, there's two other areas that you can really control when it comes to your um, physical profile and in uh, development from that standpoint, and that's water and sleep. Yeah. Not enough people, sleep especially not enough people take advantage of those two things. Um, but those are two, you know, there's so much in baseball that you can't control. Uh, but when it comes to your development, those are two things that you can control. Um, just making sure that you can, you know, get enough sleep like that, you know, don't stay up all night playing video games and then wake up at the normal time, you know, Mm -hmm. make sure that you're getting proper amount of sleep and let your body recover because that'll help those physical gains. And then, you know, drinking the proper amount of water is, always going to be important in the rest of your life so like take advantage of it like well i mean it's something that's so easy and it's free and it should be readily available to everyone in america um so do it (laughs) i mean we i just drive me nuts like we would we would have guys you know we had some teams when i was in texas that were way better at it than others but you know there'd be some guys that like you could just tell like they weren't doing it but then you had we had some teams where like every guy on the team walked around with a water bottle 24 7 you know, mm-hmm. and so that and the, those are just, you know, if you can, it can make you better and it can help your recovery and just improve your sleep, improve everything really. So those are two things that, um, you know, like I said, are things that you can control that are really easy to do if you just try. So, so do it. Yeah. The seat, the sleep element, like, I feel like I realized that four years ago because you get, I get an Apple watch for the first time you get one of those sleep tracking apps. It's like, Oh Wow, like there it matters how well you breathe while you sleep. It matters like, you know, what your restful sleep is. It matter like there it, it it explains why some days you might feel more tired than others even though you slept kind of the same amount of time and things like that and uh yeah, that that's that stuff is critical as well. Um before we jump into kind of going through some uh from the first names here off our our first 2024 5 to 55 list, like I'm going to go class by class. Like is <laughs> And this is very much a thing. I mean, for twenty the twenty twenty six classes, there is there anything realistically that they could be doing right now that's gonna like, re- like significantly impact their recruiting process? Like, my advice is always, you need it, it, you can begin to outline what you want 
to try to achieve and also how you want to use your time and resources. Because I think sometimes the seniors will get through their last summer and they're like, oh man, I wish I would have done this, this, and this, and this, you know, and the time goes by and you like you blink and your summer season goes quick or your high school season goes quick or whatever. But like for those super, super young kids that aren't the five foot 10 throwing 88 miles an hour already, like, is there anything they can do to, to, I guess, kind of get ahead of the head of the curve from that perspective? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think casting a wide net, um, is something that I would do the younger you are, mm-hmm. um, you know, just spend some time looking around and see if there's, you know, a, a handful of places that you're really interested in, um, and see if they have some camps, see if they, you know, just find out, take some time to learn about some of these schools. So you're educated yeah. going into the process. Um, you know, just uh, ultimately, like, again, we'll go back to it. this time can be really utilized to develop. Uh, yeah. development physically. Um, but, you know, like I said, this is a good time to start trying to, you know, get some stuff out there, get on people's radars and, you know, they, they can't respond to you. That's yeah. number one. Make right. sure that you understand that and don't be offended when they don't, but, you know, it's not going to hurt to, you know, cast a wide net and send information to lots of people and just kind of give an, an introduction to who you are, who you play for, where you're going to be, where, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people, you know, a lot of the 26s aren't going to be on varsity, right? Yeah. So yeah. the chances that a lot of them won't even be on JV. Out, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, like j- just be realistic. Um, this time needs to really be spent focused on development. Um, but off the field, like you can develop a plan, <laughs> yeah. you know, come up with a, a, you know, plan of attack, you know, try to find out if you know what your uh, summer schedule is going to look like. Um, and just kind of come up with some guidelines and, um, you know, for lack of a better term, just a, you know, plan of attack for the next, you know, through the summer almost, and just yeah. kind of, and then recalibrate because, you know, who know, who knows what happens, but, you know, this, at, at that stage, you don't really need to be concerned too much with recruiting. Right. Um, you know, if you're, if you're in that echelon, that's going to be getting offers, like you, you can't really go on a visit yet. I mean, you can mm-hmm. sure you can go to camp, you know, but you shouldn't be able to spend a lot of time with like the people outside of some of the coaches that are really going to impact your life um you know maybe do some campus tours stuff like that just get a feel for the for the area and see if it's something that you what place you could see yourself going um but you know i I wouldn't be expending a whole lot of effort on the recruiting process at that standpoint but just educating yourself is is what i would suggest to 99 percent of the people out there when it comes to the 26 class um and do your homework you know, yeah, I mean, spend a little time, and that and that, and that applies to all sorts of stuff. Like, understand, you know, you're probably some of you are going to get bombarded with come to this in Florida and this in California or this here or this camp in Pennsylvania. Like, like understand, you know, how to separate what's beneficial for you and what's beneficial for somebody else, and you know, from your time and resources standpoint, like under, like try to get the most bang for buck from your time standpoint and your financial standpoint, if you are doing some of those things. And I had a conversation with parents the other day um, about you know, like skill development and things like that. And, you know, cause let's, you know, let's be honest there. I mean, paying somebody to work with you in, in your spare time, it can be, it can be pricey. Like, 
understand you as a player and a parent, like if you're going somewhere and you're just getting in the cage and you're swinging 90 times and you've got somebody that's kind of just watching and putting a ball in the machine, what, what are you, what are you getting out of that? As opposed to something that you could just, you know, work with your high school coaches on your flexibility or your agility or your quickness or your strength or that sort of thing. Like, like understand, you know, from a time and, and financial resources standpoint that like do your research about how to get the best out of that. Um, so you're not getting kind of burnt out and things like that and, and feeling constricted um, when you're maybe not getting as much out of out of what you're doing as as you could be doing with something else as well. So and I think for the 25 class as well, that kind of a lot of what you said applies also. But I do think that their summer, their upcoming summer is a little bit more important because you will start to see more of those D1s kind of start to look at that group a little bit. Um, so it'd be a really good time to be proactive. Like, Hey, this is where I am high school wise. This is what my role is kind of going to be for my high school. This is who I'm playing with in the summer. Um, if you're fortunate enough to have any sort of idea of your schedule or things like that, that'd be good as well, because um, that's summer for the 25 group. There, there will be some programs that are start peaking on those guys. Some, and there's some mid major D ones. I feel like are way ahead on their 24 class um, than others. Um, so some of them are going to really, they'll all still really focus on that 24 group this upcoming summer, but some will start to look at the 25s. And then um, for the 24s, I mean, if, if you're not being proactive right now, you, I think you need to start definitely considering it for sure. And, you know, trying to come up with some film, trying to come up with um, some stats, um, you know, just kind of building your own personal portfolio to share with these programs. And, you know, we say it all the time to seniors, like, uh, we're seeing seniors today. I feel like we see seniors every day that are, that are making commitments. Yeah. And there are a lot of really great opportunities, um, not just the D1 level. I mean, the junior college level, those guys are going to keep recruiting all through the spring. Um, even after the spring, when the, when the season's done, you'll see guys uh, find landing spots as well. So uh, for the really, really young perspective, you're kind of just starting to think about the process um, trying to get your name out there a little bit. As the older you go, the more proactive you need to be about really trying to get on some radars, be thinking about the events you're playing in, uh, be thinking about you know what you can do during your upcoming high school year um, and just how to increase that that exposure. Yeah, I mean, I think the same, I would give the same advice to, that I, that we said for a lot of 26s, like you said. I, I think that, you know, you are by no means late to the party if you haven't done any of that stuff that we suggested right. for yeah. the 2026 class. Um, if you haven't done that stuff, now would be a good time to do it. And if you have done some of that stuff, just continue to stack on it. Yeah. You know, just follow up with coaches and narrow that focus a little bit and, you know, start talking to people if you haven't that are, are willing to tell you the truth about yeah. what level you can reali realistically yeah. play at. Um, and, you know, understanding that a lot of the guys in that class still haven't even started growing, you know, right. so, you know, that's something that you need to factor in when you're trying to kind of figure out what kind of place you're going to go to is if, you know, if you're done growing and you, you know, you've been shaving and all that, like, I mean, not to say you're not going to continue to get better at baseball, but, you know, your, your ceiling is, you know, quote unquote capped you know, if you're, if you're done growing, like there, there's only so much more physical projection that you'll get now on the flip side, like, you know, if you haven't gotten any interest and, you know, you look like you're 12, but you're really 16, like that's not a bad thing, you know, yeah. and just continue to try to get stronger and develop your skills. And then, 
you know, figure out how to play. And then when you actually do grow, if you know how to play, then you might really take off. Yeah. That's uh, when your so, skill you know, that, really stands out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just another reason we tell people to like, you know, not be concerned with other people that, you know, um, in the recruiting process, because it's just mm-hmm. different for everybody. Um, but having people in your corner that are going to tell you the truth and be realistic is a very, very important tool, you know, yes. like, whether that's coaches or parents or, yeah. you know, friends of the family or just people that, you know, that are, have some experience with this stuff, like figure out who those people are, because a lot of times they're going to play a big role in, you know, what your next step is. And mm-hmm. if they're, you know, if they're not telling you the truth, then you can, you can, you can set yourself up for something and put yourself in a bad spot whether it's getting your hopes up or just wasting time and money on stuff, it's not realistic. Um, So, you know, I think that's a, that's a crucial point as you continue to move along this process. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, you know, the quicker you understand who you are as a player and your realistic outlook, the, the better, you know, when you can direct time that way. And um, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with, you know, Okay, hey, you know what? I think I'm more of a mid-major D1 guy. Hey, you know what? I want to play junior college baseball. Or hey, I've got great academics. I'm going to go the D2, D3 route and, and see what happens. Like, there's there's nothing wrong with that at all. Because guess what? Like, if you're really really good, you you're going to keep playing. Like, whether it's a different level or professional level or whatever it is. Like, you know, and and this is another conversation for another day. But playing time, I think, is just more paramount than ever with the transfer portal and and everything else. So uh, get those opportunities to just keep your foot in the door and keep playing. And uh, we might not talk about these exact guys today, but there are guys in the 2024 5-55 that um, either played JV last year as sophomores or that major D1 recruiting coordinators had no idea who they were. You know, like they know who they are now, but like even up until this fall, there were guys that were like almost completely under the radar from a recruiting perspective. And they've quickly emerged as some of the best players um, in the state. So sometimes it happens that fast and it's such a big state that sometimes it just takes them a little bit, uh, a little bit longer to find you. So uh, we're going to go through here and uh, Drew and I are going to pick one guy each to kind of talk about and unveil their rating um, in the debut of the 2024-5-55 for Texas uh, we're going to, uh, I guess we'll start, let's start from the bottom and work our way up. So we're going to start with that, that final 55 through, let me do some math here. What did it be? 45, 44, 44, 44 range uh, of players. And it's always brutal. 45, to make, 55 to 45. That's what I thought. It's always brutal to cut the list because especially with the younger guys, the talent level is really hard to separate um, at the end. And that's why I dedicate so much time to our just missed coverage, because I think I ended up writing about like 53 guys that like really thought long and hard about like these guys are capable of, of fitting in there somehow. Um, it's, it, you know, it's a really deep classic in Texas, a lot of D one high Juco, whatever talent you want to call it. Um, but let's start with 55 through 45 and I'm going to let you lead off with what was absolutely the most predictable thing I was going to get over text message today. Who is your guy? Where is he rated? What's his story? I'm going to go with a rock wall guy. Shocking. Uh, (laughs) Hey, he fell on the list and I happen to know a little bit about him. So it was an easy one. Uh, But Pearson Reebok uh, starts off number 48. Um, OU commit. Um, Love Pearson as a player. Uh, Really excited to see what he turns into this year. 
Um, you know, he's one of those guys that you talk about, like he's, I, I've seen him some this fall and he's gotten noticeably stronger mm-hmm. from last year. Um, and you know, knowing the the trajectory that his brother was on growing late and getting stronger and being kind of a late bloomer, you know, like, man, you can really see, you know, I think, I think Pearson's a step ahead, um, or, you know, at least one step ahead of where his brother was at this point, as far as comes coming to uh, be a prospect, but, um, left-handed bat, the kid really knows how to hit, um, you know, the added strength, you know, he's very versatile um, yeah. on the defensive side. I mean, we've talked about it before. He's going to probably play some middle infield, some third base, some center field. Like he can run, he's getting stronger. And, you know, I, I like talking to him about hitting, you know, mm-hmm. I not necessarily even like giving him direction or asking him specific questions, but you can tell he has an idea of what he's trying to do as a hitter. Yeah. And, you know, listening to him talk about hitting, he has a plan. And, you know, it's really impressive to, to see kids of his age be able to articulate that even, you know, there's a lot of kids that know what they're trying to do when they get in the box, but being able to talk through baseball, like Pearson does is super impressive to me. And, you know, I know the kid's a hard worker. I know the guys he hangs out with. Um, I can't imagine anything other than a, a big season from him uh, mm-hmm. for Rockwall. Um, but a huge get for OU. Um, and I'm just really excited to watch him, you know, continue to develop the next couple of years because I know his work ethic. I know, you know, what his character is and who the people around him and what they say about him and believe, uh, believe about him as a player. So, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he, he continues to fill out and, you know, continues, you know, last year he kind of looked like a baby deer for, yeah. for lack of a better term, you know, he's tall and thin and, you know, all of, you know, there were some awkward movements, you know, relative, you know, we're talking about compared to top prospects. He, yeah. he, be- he belonged on that field at a six, a level as a sophomore mm-hmm. when he wasn't physically at the same stage that a lot of those guys were. Um, and now that he's going to be there, it's going to be exciting to watch for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he, what he hit lead off, didn't he? Like he hit lead off for he is, yeah, all the over the lineup. Yeah. Best. Yeah. And then like when I saw them late in the year, I think he was hitting lead off in the playoffs for one of the best teams in the state as a sophomore. You know, by the way, that team had Braden Randall, Mac Rose, and some all these other guys as well. So that's a pretty loud statement. But it just he's one of those guys I think that instinctively there's something a little bit different about him in a good way, mm-hmm. especially from the hitting side. So definitely bet on that bat for sure. Um, and that defensive skill as it slides around the, that ball player vibe as well. So um, I'm going to go to number 55, a guy that we're very familiar with uh, five tool academic team standout. Um, some people call him Thor. Some people call him the chief Tobin S chief uh, right-handed pitcher and third baseman from Davenport. Came into the Texas state um, during the fall. Um, not only is the guy that, you know, he's six, six, five, six, six throws hard. He touched 90 miles an hour for us out at the Arizona fall classic. Um, but I've always been really impressed with the way he executes pitches. You don't often see a guy with his height and length be able to execute the way he does. And they're like, it's a very singular focus pitch to pitch for him. Um, and it, it was cool to have the opportunity to be around him so much at the Arizona Fall Classic. You kind of get to see how a guy goes about it. Um, there's a very singular focus pitch to pitch. There's a huge dedication in the preparation. Uh, but you watch him like he executes, you know, the cutter, you know, to the glove side. Like 
he executes, you know, the changeup to to the arm side. Like he kind of moves the fast round a little bit. He can manipulate spin a little bit. Like you don't often see guys with that length be able to do that. Oftentimes at that age, the length kind of prohibits them from consistently finishing their pitches and, and throwing strikes consistently, but they might throw really hard, but um, there's a lot to like about him. I think that he's going to be a guy that, especially as he kind of slows down growing up and down and starts to kind of fill out a little bit more and add some leg strength and things like that. Um, I think he could really take off there, but a great get for Texas state. I know as a guy that they were really, really pursuing heavily um, and a guy that a, a lot of a number of programs were as well. So he comes in at number 55 on the list uh, from Davenport down there. Excited to find, uh, follow his career. Yeah, no, I mean, number one, awesome kid. Like, yes, you know, we yeah. had to spend an extended amount of time with him and just one of the best kids that I've ever been around. Number two, like one of the things that I'm excited about, you know, like he has a wide, wide variety when it comes to pitch repertoire. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. he understands tempo and he, you know, slows things down, speeds it up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's advanced for a kid, his age, Um, you know? And so one of the things I think will be interesting to watch is, you know, he's a guy that I think that he's, he likes experimenting. Like he likes, yeah. He likes thinking about all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is rare for someone his age and of his ability uh, and size, like you said, because it's tough to do that. Um, But one of the things that I'll be excited about is, you know, once he kind of figures out that sweet spot for all of that, you know, the whole, whether it's the, the velocities, the arm angles, the timing, uh, once he figures that out and kind of narrows it down yeah. and really focuses on some of those stuff, like I think he could really take off. I mean, he's so fun to watch pitch. Awesome kid. Um, great get for Texas State, like you said. Yeah. Who's the next guy on your list? Next for me is, is Trey Craig. Uh, from Pantigo, man, got to see him a lot last year. Um, just he can hit, <laughs> yeah, uh, hard can. and big, big, physical, strong, athletic. You know, mm-hmm. he can run for a guy his size. Um, he's typically under seven on the on the sixty. Um, you know, triple digit exit velocities, yeah. multiple events. Um, the guy could hit. I mean, he's that kind of guy that you you can envision being in the middle of a lineup in an yep. SEC order. Um, and you know, I'll, I'm gonna. He's one of three A and M commits that I'm gonna talk about of my five. And, whoa, you know, whoa! Like, look at you. I mean, they. I mean, they. They obviously look for guys that can hit. You know, you and I have mentioned this several times, but you know, the power is obvious because I mean, he can put on a show in BP. He hits home mm-hmm. runs. You know, he hits a lot of extra base hits. But, you know, I think the guy that you've compared him to is it, aptly, I would say, is is Cole Johnson. Like, he's mm-hmm. a big physical hitter that he can hit. He yeah. ha- it's He's not a power guy that just swings. It's and not just mashing meatballs really far. Exactly. Like, he he's not just a BP hitter. He's a hitter that has power. Um, and that will continue to develop as he continues to get stronger. But, you know, shout out to him. I saw he scored uh, his thousandth point. The other night, and yeah, basketball. man, big man down there um, working in the paint. It's right, and like, and, and you know, we talk about it all the time. Those guys that play multiple sports, it just speaks to the athleticism that he has. Um, you know, obviously, he has good feet, has a good arm. He said the strength is there, and, and he's an athlete. So mm-hmm. you know, you can see him continue to. You know, he's not done. He's not one of those guys that's no, just uh-uh. yeah. better than everyone right now because he's stronger than everyone. Yeah. Um, there's definitely definite skill there. So it'll be fun to watch him continue to play. 
um, you know, over the next couple of years and then follow him in the SEC. Yeah, yeah, really good get for Texas A&M. Uh, they jumped on him out of the summer there. He'll be he'll be number 33 on our debut list. And I, I'm going for um, who's going to be number 42 on our list. And this is a plant-the-flag guy for me. Um, Coleman Ryan from Tomball. I uh, I saw him on accident during the high school season because uh, Ch- I went to go see Chase Moore versus Jarrett Curtis and Tomball versus Tomball Memorial. And, you know, Kate Aaron B-Day and, and those guys as well and chase Moore got hurt that game and so coleman ryan had to come in and, and play shortstop and i i didn't know anything about him you know sophomore didn't you know clearly a guy that played he was on varsity so he'd be pretty good but you know he you know chase Moore played a lot of shortstop and um i think the kid's name is alan lopez playing second base was the university of houston commit sometimes Cade would play third when he wasn't catching so they had a loaded infield and he comes in there and I think he had 11 balls hit to him at shortstop. He made 10 of the plays, including a couple just highlight real plays. I'm like, who is this? And he gets in the batter's box, and it's a, it's, it's a nice right-handed swing. It's athletic. Um, it's definitely more contact over impact at this stage because he just hasn't filled out and added a lot of strength yet. It'll, it'll, more of it will come. But he ran 401 down the line. And I'm <laughs> thinking – whoa like i'm like looking around and like i'm i'm just i'm watching the game with a bunch of scouts that were there to see more and curtis and they're like who's, who's this kid you know like texting some college coaches and things like that and uh it wasn't a fluke because i went back down to watch tom ball and tom memorial later that week before i went to another game in houston later that night because it was a rare afternoon game and he ran 411 down the line that game so i was like okay well the speed's real and mm-hmm. um I love the shortstop love. He's got like at least an above average arm. And I was talking to Adam Dunn the other day for Marucci, you know, um, Coleman Ryan played for that loaded Marucci um, team that Adam Dunn coached. And he was just raving about it. He's like, I, I, I'm like, Adam, like, like, am I wrong here? I think this guy's like really good, like a a D major D one recruit. And he's like, no, like I'm, I've been scratching my head about kind of the lack of recruiting interest. And I'm sure there are some programs recruiting him, but, um, you know, he could play center field at a high level. He could play shortstop at a high level. He's got arm strength. He's a really good athlete. He can run. I mean, it might be 70, 80 run. And I think he's going to hit a little bit too. So he's, un- he's uncommitted right now, but I'm planting my flag for Coleman Ryan because I think that there are a, a lot of things to like. And when you start naming the tools and describing him, um, especially with the possibility that he could play shortstop, at that kind of level. I mean, we had great, great clip that I tweeted out a long time ago. Um, I believe I added it. Um, you know, I, I, I tagged him in it or whatever. Nick, Nick Tim's got it for me and sent it to me from the game. And he ranged in the hole, made this backhand play and just like threw a guy out of third base from his backside. I was just like, there are a ton of seniors that can't even come close to making that play. So Coleman Ryan, number 42 on the list, uh, standout from Tom ball, super fired up to follow his progress this season because he should move into a, uh, a big time role for what should be a really, really good high school team this year. Yeah. Speaking of good high school teams, I'm going to move over to Argyle and go with Hudson Ematerio mm-hmm. comes in at 28 on our list, the Baylor commit. Um, I got to see him pitch early on in a non-district game last year. And I was really impressed with him. Um, three pitches, um, three potential plus pitches. Um, one of my favorite things that I saw him do is something that not enough young right-handers do uh is throw a right on right change up oh love those um, and got some ugly swings and misses in the game that i was at uh really really good slider 
uh, from him. Um, he's, you know, up to, you know, upper eighties, low nineties, pretty consistently in outings throughout the summer. Uh, but he's a guy that looks like he's filled out a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm assuming going to add some velocity to his, to his already impressive, uh, repertoire of pitches, um, that we've seen from him. And I mean, I think the sky's the limit for him. Like he's a guy that you can see being in the rotation at Baylor early. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, with the fact that he can throw three pitches and if he can mm-hmm. really use that change up, um, it'll obviously make that fastball play up a little bit. And, and we've seen multiple really good sliders from him. So uh, exciting, exciting prospect. I think he's going to have a really big year taking on a bigger role for that Argyle team yeah. this year. Uh, who's going to be looking to get back to Austin? So um, excited to see him lead that pitching staff. Yeah, they're they're going to be along with Park Prater. I mean, him him and Park Prater together, not yeah. the same same team. Like that's that's and, yeah. They, that's... they just need to get get ground balls to my guy J C Davis over there. There so. you go, there you but... go. Get get the vacuum cleaner, suck him up there, uh, and he's going to be number twenty eight on the list. There, he's kind of a, he's in that little pocket of. You know, you'll see when the whole list is available, a pocket of pitchers there that were kind of hard to separate, but uh, he's, he's got a lot of upside there. Um, I'm going to go to number 24 on the list, which is Andrew Ramos from Canyon Randall, um, currently uncommitted, still played for that off-speed athletics blue program that we saw a lot in the summer. And he was a guy that had a buzz coming into the summer. A lot of people were talking about what he was doing out there at, at Canyon Randall, and man, he backed it up. Um, one of the the guys I enjoyed watching the most this summer, great competitor. Um, there's a lot of power to what he does, both as a hitter and a pitcher. I think I like him a little bit more long-term as a pitcher right now, but he swung the bat exceptionally loyal this summer. And it wasn't just a power hitter. He was a guy that hit too. It seems like he really found the barrel, um, a lot and the, and hitting just kind of came easy to him, but he got on the mound and, you know, my first look at him was against that uh, 12 Maroon group in, in the Pudge uh, World Classic, and he struck out 10 guys in five innings against a really good lineup. And it was fastball up to, I believe, 88 or 89, um, sharp breaking ball to get swings and misses, um, executed a changeup. There's some some feel for changing the shape of the spin a little bit. But he got after guys, man. He got on the mound, and he wanted to send a message, and he did. And uh, that's just kind of a theme the whole summer for him is, like, it was – you know, on the attack, whether it was hitting, pitching, whatever it is, uh, a true two-way talent, but a power arm on the mound that I really like was a big time performer in the summer. Um, I expect huge things from him this upcoming season um, and throughout his career. There's, there's a lot to like uh, about what he does with the bat and on the mound and uh, a guy that, you know, from a competitive standpoint too, um, really takes a great mindset out there that just never takes a pitch off, never takes the bat off, and he's really coming after you from the jump. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to another AM commit of mine. Uh one of my favorite guys. We I saw him really early last year in mm-hmm. one of our academic showcases, but Nathan Tobin, um, just uh, one of those guys he can really, really hit and really, yeah. really run. And he was a guy that early on in the spring, like, I don't think he, he wasn't playing all the time on a varsity team, which blew me away. Um, But once he finally got his chance, like he just really took off late and then obviously had a good summer making the area code team and then went out to area code and just kept hitting. Hitting. (laughs) Every time, every time he looked up, he was on base. Um, And, you know, he's not the biggest kid in the world, but man, like he's a lot stronger than people realize. And, you know, I know he was at the AM camp and hit a home run. Um, 
And then sure enough, ends up committing to A&M soon after. Um, so they saw what they, or they liked what they saw uh, and then jumped on it quick. Yeah. And he's plus athlete, can really hit, can really run. He's a guy that you can see being at the top of a college lineup um, in the SEC <laughs> and at, a, yeah. at an incredible Just program. Really recruiting at a high level right now. Uh, but yeah, he's going to have a big season for Eaton High School this year. Uh, he's played for the Cooperstown Cobras up to this point. Um, just one of my favorite kids. Awesome kid to talk to. Just, you know, always seems excited about baseball um, and getting out there and competing. Believes in himself. Um, and has a lot of confidence, but not in a cocky way. Um, and, and some guys, you know, that cockiness can be a good thing. But for him, he just yeah. seems to have a fun playing baseball. And, and, and you know, it's funny because like I don't think he understands how good he can be, but I also think he's also really confident in himself. Yeah. Um, but fun player can really really run. I like those guys that have that speed element. Um, and he's a natural hitter, um, and I think he's going to have a really good career uh, moving forward. Yeah, I think we had him at four oh nine down the line at one point at, at Area Code, and he was fun because I felt like like every weekend he would tag tag us and like highlight it's like man you got yes. like seven hit you got like seven hits again this weekend like like i mean my goodness man just kept like racking up major hit totals every time yeah. he was out there which was which was fun for us because you had seen him and i hadn't seen him yet and i was like man that looks like he could really hit and, and sure enough he he absolutely could he so uh he is going to check in at, at number 22 um, on the debut list there. And uh, he's one of those, I mean, there are a lot of guys in this list that have plenty of room to, to move up, but I think him, like as he gets more defensive reps and things like that, like, it, it could really, really take off. And uh, uh, I'm going to go to number 12 on the list. This is another, um, I'm planting the flag for guys. Cause I um, we're definitely, I think we're a little bit more bullish on this guy than, than maybe some other people, but um, Isaiah Castaneda from Pearland. And I mean, Pearland is, Gosh, they're loaded. I mean, loaded. just I mean, it's it's absurd how much talent they have. Um, I saw him early in the summer at um, twelve Scout Day. Then I saw him at the Pudge, and like he hit every time I saw him. He made defensive plays every time I saw him, whether it was the outfield, third base, wherever. And then he got on the mound, and we've got video of him up to I think eighty eight. And I heard this fall that he's been up to ninety two. And, like, he doesn't really – and I don't mean this in a negative way, but he doesn't really quite know what he's doing on the mound yet. He's just a really naturally gifted guy that gets out there, is a good athlete with with quick arm, and he's just pumping it in there. And it's just – I think that there's just so much exciting room for growth with him. And also there's a lot of natural ability. I mentioned Andrew Ramos earlier um, punching out a bunch of Cassini and his teammates. Well – Castaneda got in there and smacked a screaming rocket into the right center gap for a double off Ramos. And I was like, you know, with, with all guys, you're kind of wondering at this stage, like, can they handle velocity? And he turned around good velocity and good stuff um, in a hurry. And uh, he was definitely one of the best performers at the Pudge World Classic. Just, um, just hit, hit after hit after hit. Um, it can run as well. I think he's probably going to be an above average, maybe even a tick better runner. Uh, just a lot to like about him. He's uncommitted. Um, you know, I was talking to a college coach the other day that was um, trying to get him. You know, he's like, oh, my gosh, I love that kid. Um, so there's definitely a bunch of suitors out there. But Isaiah Castaneda, number 12, um, I don't know if he's going to end up a pitcher, hitter, where he's going to end up defensively. I think he's probably going to end up being a third baseman or an outfielder. 
Um, but you know, with Pearland, they have like 19 really good arms. So who knows how much he's going to pitch for them, but, um, Isaiah Castanina, definitely one of my favorite prospects that I saw this summer. He's going to check in at number 12 on the debut list. All right. My next thing, I'm going to go over to Forney, um, with another AM commit, uh, Aiden Sims, uh, plays for five star. He's one of my favorite guys. Um, just, he can pitch the yeah. guy can pitch and, the stuff is already there, uh-huh. but you can also see a lot more potentially in the tank with him. Um, I saw him throw a no hitter in the what fourth, fifth round of the playoffs. Yeah. I think fourth round of the playoffs. Yeah. And also contributed the, I think it was a three run home run that was the only offense in the game period. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just, I see a lot of potential for him. Um, you know, he, he's going to once, you know, I, I don't want to say where we ranked him. Uh, and I, I'm going to tell you, you want to keep not, that a secret. Let, let's, let's keep, let, let's keep our top 10 under wraps. But okay. Like, okay. That's I don't fair. just, and, but one of the things that's going to be very clear uh, and we'll probably beat like a dead horse uh, once we get to the list for that, the top of this 24 class is really tough because there's been some injuries. I spent um, like six paragraphs trying to explain that. <laughs> right. And I mean, I, I think like there's going to be some, I mean, there's going to be turnover from yep. edit to edit on this list, but I think it's going to be even more so for this 24 group, just because of the unknown uh, from some of these guys. And that, I mean, like, you know, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to reveal where he ends up, but like he's a guy that will be in contention at some point for that number one spot if he's mm-hmm. healthy. Um, and by all accounts, it seems like he is. Um, you know, we've heard that. Yeah. And you know, everything we knew is everything was more out of precaution than anything. Yeah. Um, for for when he was shut down, but man, like this guy is a competitor. Uh, he knows how to compete. Um. He is a baby faced assassin. Like, do not yes. let the the young face and the uh the Mitch from Days and Confused hair kind of fool you. <laughs> like he like he he's a hair gets guy. on like he he gets after you, uh, especially on the he, mound. Like and, and he's a guy that the moment's not too big for. Like that was right. really evident in the playoff game that I saw him in. And like he's 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 got this cool calm demeanor through mm-hmm. all of it too like it's not like a it is it's like the silent assassin portion that you talked about because like number one he pitches with confidence he moves the ball all around he changes speeds like he's got really good command uh for his age and i mean like i said he's a guy that will definitely at some point um assuming health for him and some others, like he's going to be in contention for that number one spot in this class. And I just, I mean, he's, he's one that the sky's the limit for. And I know that pretty much everyone out there was after this guy and um, A&M won big by getting him to commit. And Mm -hmm. he's a guy that's going to be, you know, have the profile of being a Friday night starter in the sec. And that's, that's something special to be said about you, especially at that age, but he has that, that it factor to him when he's on the mound. And I mean, yeah. he can hit too, but you know, obviously the future at this point is, is definitely on the mound, but um, just really excited to see him get out there and be healthy and throw the spring because he is, he's a special talent. And, you know, it, he's, he's one of those kids that you just, you know, you know, has an idea and you know, is going to do big things eventually. Yeah. 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 It's really, really fun, fun guy to watch for sure. Well, 
Well, since we're not unveiling where these guys are, um, I'm going to let a little cat out of the bag because uh, the guy I'm going to pick here, I'm going to pivot and I'm going to pick Braylon Payne outfielder from Elkins. Um, He's going to be in our top 11 on the debut list. And the more I watched him, the more I thought about him, the more I talked to people about him. I think, you know, from the beginning of the summer until the end of the summer, he, he might've made as big of jump as, as anybody in the state. And there are a couple other guys, including the guy he's right beside in the rankings. I think you could apply that to as well, but he hit 488 um, in our events this summer. And I forget what he slugged, but it was like, might've been higher than 800. And he, I believe in 53 plate appearances, he struck out only three times. That's it. Three strikeouts. So we're talking about putting the ball in play at a really high rate, putting the ball in play hard at a really high rate. He's an excellent athlete. He's got a a lot of physical projection still remaining. I timed him at 11-1 on a triple, which is is really moving like – like he's one of those guys that like you get him home to first and it's probably going to be pretty good. Um, but when he really gets going, he flies. Um, and it's just like you, and I, I talked to a couple of people that are around him a lot this summer and they, I mean, you know, playing for for 12, I mean, they've had some really good players come through there. Some of the stuff people are saying about Braylon Payne this summer was like, like he's got a chance to be as good as, Anybody that's come through there recently and you start to look like, yeah, God didn't strike out, hit incredibly well, runs around with speed and athleticism. Uh, when they went out to, I believe, the USA stuff, like he hit really well there, like didn't strike out. It, it's just there is a ton to like about him. Committed to the University of Houston from from Elkins High School in the Houston area. And um, I just think that this guy started scratching the surface this summer we saw him really take a jump with his skill and all of a sudden a lot of the projection and athleticism suddenly turned into really good production and there there's more in there too because if the defense keeps training up and you start to talk about him as a guy that can stick in the middle of the outfield instead of maybe on a corner with the way he's hit and performed i mean that could be a a special um outfield prospect so braylon Payne is, is going to debut inside the top 11 for us um, on this list, a five-tool all-summer selection, an easy one because he nearly hit 500 and hit with with extra base power, um, stole a bunch of bases and never struck out. And we've got highlight plays of him on defense as well. Like he played up with the older team at the Scala Texas Scouts Association event this summer or this fall, excuse me, in September, and more than held his own. Like yeah. and had a couple of highlight reel plays as well. So Braylon Payne um, is is my final guy there, but. Um, well, that serves as a little little teaser of the uh, debut of the 2024 5 till 55. We'll unveil the entire list um, online early next week, um, and then we'll, I'm sure we'll spend a lot of podcast time talking about it. We had to, unfortunately, because of, of the the COVID protocols in my house, we had to bump a coach um, to next week. So we'll have a coach lined up as well. That really really excited to talk about, but. Uh, just a little teaser, give you an idea of, of what we got cooking there from uh, from the ranking side that's going to be coming out that that junior group. But um, before we get out of here, you know, one thing that we've really uh, started doing recently is, is highlighting some uh, some standouts from outside Texas and uh, and definitely kind of focusing on some of those guys that caught up our attention 
this fall, whether it was our, you know, our team doing coverage out in different areas or whether it was just, you know, going through our great social media coverage and video coverage and everything else and looking at guys like, wow, this guy's really good and kind of digging around. It's been fun to kind of go through and look at all that coverage and you find some really, really good players there. So uh, we've we've worked through most of the list I built up, but you and I both have um, three guys from uh, from California that we want to highlight today. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and start us off with 2023 um, catcher and right-handed pitcher Cameron Valentine from Mountain Heights High School, um, uncommitted, uh, just a ball player, man. One of those guys, like you go on his Twitter feed and it's just like he's finding places to go play baseball games, whether it's a five-tool event, whether it's like a Sandlot type setting, uh, whatever it is, he just like you can tell it's a guy who just loves going out, competing and playing the game. Um, he's got some skill. He's physical, um, kind of short arm type swing that, that generates some bat speed and some pop from the right side. Um, he's got some strength both with the bat and on the mound. I think he's shown some arm strength mound, uh, on the mound as well. Uh, a guy that's caught in the past and uh, certainly a guy I think that is definitely more than talented enough to keep playing at the next level. Um, you know, Cameron Valentine, catcher, right-handed pitcher from Mountain House in, in California. We've got a lot of really good coverage from him on our Five Tool California account. Um, you can go check out the, what he's doing with the bat on the mound and behind the plate as well. Yeah, I'm going to go to uh, Bear Creek High School, 2024, that plays for the CBA team in the summer. Nick Pappas, um, infielder, outfielder. Yeah, the six-one, two hundred, right-handed hitter. Um, haven't seen much defense from him. Like, I just haven't seen any defense from him just based on what the clips I've seen. But, man, this guy can hit. And one thing that sticks out to me when I watch his stuff is that he can spray the ball all over the park. Like there's mm-hmm. triple down the right field line, uh, double the center field, pulls the ball to the left side with some strength. And you can just tell he's an advanced hitter, uh, moves well for his size. Um you know, he's a guy that, you know, I, I'm not sure what his interest is as far as colleges go, but like, to me, he looks like an obvious D1 hitter. Um, just the good, good physical profile uh, guy that I think is going to be, be able to really hit, obviously plays for a good organization um, and just knows what he's doing in the box. So he, he's going to be a good guy that I'll be excited to follow from Bear Creek High School. Yeah, uh, next guy for me is another guy from the hitting side that, like you said, I just watch him and he's got a ton of clips of, of really good left-handed swings and spraying the ball over the place, hitting with some pull side power as well. And that's Dama Villa um, from uh, Carl Mount High School in California, uncommitted first baseman and outfielder. Um, he just looks like he can really hit. It's simple. Um, it's quick. He's got kind of that upright stance. Uh, it looks like a short, a swing that's more short than long can drive the ball, sees pitches well, tracks the ball well. Like he just hit all fall. I mean, it's just like a long list of videos um, from our, from uh, some of our events out in California this fall. I mean, we're talking all October, all November. He just showed up and kept hitting all the time and certainly looks like a guy that um, could definitely continue to hit at the next level. Uh, both from an average perspective and probably grow into a little bit of power as well with some gap to gap power can occasionally pull one over the fence. But uh, Dama Villa uh, from Carmont High School in California, certainly a, an uncommitted bat from the left side that that definitely should get an opportunity to keep playing baseball at the next level. Yeah. And then my next guy is from Lincoln High School, plays for the NorCal program, Cade Spomer. Um, he's a guy that is just a baseball player. And what, 
he to me he fits that mold of a guy that goes to Oregon State and you like in a uniform he's not going to blow you away but man like you just look up and he's had a big day at the plate yeah made some good defensive plays and you know at this level he pitches a lot too so he's a baseball player strike thrower on the mound um you know has some what looks like sneaky pop to me because he definitely hits some extra base hits um really good player you know just just a baseball player just like a lot of those california teams you know like you can see him fitting in a number of programs out there um but like i said he he just look, kind of looks like those guys that that oregon state takes and makes all americans um and i saw in one of his videos he's wearing an oregon shirt so i don't know if he's a fan Uh-oh. of him but yeah but i mean like He's a guy that just, you know, that NorCal program obviously just puts out yeah. player after player after player and guys that that aren't just athletes. They're they're baseball players. And that's about the highest compliment you and I give guys. But, yep. you know, just a long, long high or long uh, stream of of highlight real plays. Um, just lots of spraying the ball all over the place mm-hmm. offensively, which is, you know, typical of a lot of kids in that part of the country. But man, he's one of those guys that like he he just looks like a winning ball player just looking through his stuff. Yeah, yeah, we we love those types of guys. And uh, I lied because my last guy is from Arizona, um, and I'm gonna dip down into the 2025 class because I just loved watching this guy. And speaking of ball players, like I love that my man Dominic Zikakarli Zikarli. I should have given you this name Z I C C A R E L L I. Um, sorry for butchering your name there, Tom, but, uh, pitcher, shortstop, third base, second base, left field, center field, right field. Like he plays all over the place and, but he hits man. Um, and he actually plays up. He's a class of 2025 guy, but he plays up with USA prime 2024, um, out in Arizona. And, uh, we've got some really good footage of him and like, there's a lot of bat speed. There's a lot of impact. Um, there's balance in the, the swing, there's rhythm, um, he's already driving the ball into both gaps with some authority. Um, he gets on the mound. I believe he's been up to 80, maybe more on the mound as well. Um, just a, a really, really like one of our five to Arizona events, he pitched four innings and struck out 11 guys. Um, so you can do it on the mound as well, but I, I like the way the bat looks. I think that he's got a chance to really hit um, at the next level. He's from, excuse me. He's from cactus shadow in Arizona. member of the 2025 class there, but Certainly looks like one of those easily identifiable guys uh, early on that uh, that's that's going to be a standout and going to be a D1 guy that's on the radar of a lot of programs in Arizona and, and probably in the West Coast as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back out to California for a 2023 that, um, you know, he's going to find a home somewhere just because he's a good player. Um, but Jihee Lee uh, from Rancho Bernardo High School, 2023 mm-hmm. outfielder catcher. Uh, listed at 5'10", 175, but he looks and plays bigger than that. Um, yeah. Saw some video of him catching and throwing. Uh, everything I got on pop time-wise was anything from like 198 up to 2.1. Oh, wow. Um, so he, he can definitely catch and throw. Um, and I, I really like him at the plate as well. Like he, he puts some really good swings on balls. Um, doesn't try to do too much, but really yeah. generates some bat speed and has some strength in there. Um but another guy that hits the ball to all fields, um, you know, has some strength on the, to the pull side, um, really looks like he knows what he's doing, uh, looks in control, uh, very athletic stance and uh, approach and attack to the ball. Um, and, 
looks like a good athlete for a catcher. Um, and I, I'm always a big fan of those guys that are about his size that can catch and, mm-hmm. and, and throw. Um, just, just like having that athleticism back there. And he's a guy that looks like he definitely has it. Uh, and he's going to have a chance to play at the next level for sure, because he, he can definitely hit. And if, if he catches near as well as it looks like in the clips that I've seen, he's definitely going to find a home out there. So, um, and, and there's some, (laughs) there's a couple, there's a couple really good clips of him, um, hitting some home runs too. So there's definitely some juice in there and he's, He's 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 strong a lot stronger than a 175 frame would suggest. I I'm guessing he's bigger than that now. Just looking right, at some yeah. of the videos, but looks like. he definitely plays stronger than that um, size profile. But really exciting bat, um, and just uh, he's a guy like I said. I think he's really gonna be able to find himself a home here pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, I I, I would be surprised if he doesn't. And yeah, I think more colleges are kind of catching on to the the um lack of better word undersized catchers you know i use air quotes for that just kind of the guys that are more agile athletic that can move around down there and maybe profile different ways as well so yeah really good one there but uh well before we get out of here the uh the rangers your rangers been blowing the blowing the money as that how much of that has taken your attention away from the super bowl favorite dallas cowboys uh I've I like how you didn't correct me when I said that. Well, 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 <laughs> if well, the shoe fits, yeah. Um, I mean, it has a nice ring to it. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, and I, I'm pretty confident in them. Uh, I mean, aren't they like 16 our, point favorites this weekend or something stupid like that? Like, well, I mean, it's you know, just like most things, Dallas is typically better than Houston, so yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, so. List. Yeah. I, my, my Rangers fandom is tempered always. Yeah. Always. Um, you know, I, it's kind of sobering. Like when you see like the roster that they put together and one of my really good friends, you know, I mean, he's, he's a fantasy guru, guru, uh, of almost your status. Uh, but Cody, um, Cody cheek, like he's, he's the biggest, a big a Ranger fan as I know, like he follows it obsessively. Um, and he he understands what's going on across the league too. And you know we're we're all talking about it last night. And he goes, I think that they have a chance to have the third best rotation in the AL West. And yeah, like should be and should be competing for a potential wild card spot. Like right. that's pretty yeah. that's pretty sobering. Like when yeah. you hear that. But like, I mean, I you know I have nothing to counter with that he's right or wrong on that. I right. mean, like no, it, he's he's not. Wrong. Know, I it, I like the Degrom thing is exciting but again tempered because like we've given way too much years well yeah. yeah like he's always hurt and yeah you know he's not a he's not a workhorse like someone like scherzer or someone that you can go ahead and cap, chalk up a yeah. over 200 innings uh for but yeah i mean it's it's exciting they're definitely going for it so yeah I mean, that's, that's really, i mean that's the fan, thing is like like yeah. if you've got an ownership group that'll go for it man that is that is such a such a cool thing to follow um it's it's been crazy to see the the money being thrown around and like like me being a a red sox guy but golly it's being harder and harder to just really like the whole the xander bogarts thing like they botched that from the beginning in spring training with extension talks and then they're like okay well let's you know let's offer him 27 
per year over like six years. And then the Padres are just like, ah, we missed out on everybody else. Why don't we just overpay Bogarts by about $50 million? And it's just like, whoa. But it's it's really weird to see homegrown guys that like leave, you know, like like that's why I felt like the Yankees had to resign Judge. Is it just like from a fan base momentum? I, it's just they kind they kind of even the Yankees needed that, I feel like. Um, but yeah, it's just like you see it's like well, Xander, you know, like, the, the, like the thing about the- the thing about them is like, you know, like there's there's usually other options at just about. But now every there's spot. not really like. Right. Well, well, but, but what I'm saying is like, once you lose, you can't lose too many of those guys, especially right? your like, homegrown guys. Exactly. Like, I mean, like on the surface, Bogarts is a guy that's replaceable, but like when you look at it up against the rest of the lineup, like, yeah, you know, and now the fact that it's kind of late and some of those guys are off the market, then like. Then you start talking about a totally different type of roster, right? right? Like yeah, it's 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 uh it's weird to think about for sure. The meanwhile, the Mets are just like Cohen's, like whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna pay. He's gonna pay more luxury love- tax penalties than the Pirates, Orioles, and A's are gonna send on their rosters this year. Like, and you know what? That's awesome. Like, we need more. We need more owner. Like I saw Joe Sheenan tweeted out. It was a longtime baseball writer, and he put it perfectly. There's, there's no things as there's no such thing as small markets in baseball. Just small owners. Like, look what San Diego is doing. You know, like they're just whatever. Hey, we tried to pay t- trade Turner three hundred and forty million. We tried to pay Judge whatever crazy amount of money. All right, let's go spend it on Bogarts because we want to win, and that's that's exciting. Um, you know, and then there's other teams that just are the complete opposite, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been quite the uh, it's been quite the off season for sure with all all the money flying around there and and uh, be curious to see how these guys' careers go and things like that. But um, and part of it too is just weird because a lot of these guys hit free agency so late, you know, just because of the way the the service time is set up and and everything else. But exciting time for Rangers fans, not exciting time for Red Sox fans, exciting time for Padres fans, and I mean the Astros will be fine without Verlander; they'll still be. Um, really, really good as well. So, well, uh, I think I hear uh, my little one making some racket in there. So that's probably a good time to for us to get out of here. Thanks for tuning to episode ninety-two of the Five Tool Podcast. You can follow us at Five Tool Pod both on Instagram and Twitter, and of course, follow all the Five Tool coverage, uh, all of our regional accounts, our main account on Instagram and Twitter as well. And uh, uh, we're going to preview upcoming. We've got a really exciting deal going on out in Hawaii for the second year in a row called the Hawaii Sandlot event. And if you've been paying attention to our social media account, you've seen some guys kind of tweet out their acceptance there. And uh, uh, a really, really cool deal that goes on out there that kids love doing and kind of helps build the brand and exposure of Hawaii baseball out there. So uh, we'll have a special kind of preview section for that on, on the, on an upcoming podcast as we get closer to that, because uh, it's a great event um, for an area that has really good baseball and, and a lot of really good players that um, maybe might not get the same type of exposure as you would in California and Texas and places like that. So um, that'll be upcoming as well. But uh, well, until we talk to y'all next time, have a great weekend. You got a big weekend plans, Drew, or uh, nothing? Um, we are. I think there's some little HOAs doing some little Christmas thing tonight, but I think we're gonna at least go to part of tomorrow we got a birthday party after gymnastics and oh, nice. on sunday we're going to the zoo for oh christmas. there you go yeah christmas lights so there yeah. you go yeah. yeah well i hope at some point these stupid at home covid tests 
read negative or else I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to go insane, but uh, yeah. So, well, until we talk to you next time, uh, do some things for me on the weekend because I'll be confined in the house and uh, take care. Stay safe. All righty.